everybody, welcome to Reese's Creek. My name's Emily, I'm your host. Today we are doing season two, episode number 12. It came out on January 27th, 1999. So without further ado, let's get into it. But remember to subscribe to any platform that you are listening to, including the YouTube channel that's Jason's Creek Podcast. Remember to like this video, make sure to comment your thoughts, make sure to follow my Instagram and my TikTok. The Instagram is Pacey and Joe, or Butter and Potter. The Instagram is Pacey and Joey. And if you have any questions, make sure to DM me. If you have any comments, make sure to DM me. And without further ado, let's get into this episode. The first scene that we have is scene one of Pacey, and it cuts to pa- Dawson's room where Pacey is pulling the darts off the dart off the dartboard on Dawson's bedroom. And so Pacey says, "Well, I think darts may be in my destiny, Dawson. Traveling around the world as an individual, re-owned master of darts, I found my calling." And he looks at Dawson, who is studying some papers scattered on over his bed. And then he goes, what are you doing? And Dawson says, well, I rewatched a bunch of movies, and I think I doubted some competition, complicated relationship. Trying to, you know, write some complex of a character in my, on the movie later in a bit. And Pacey laughs, and he walks over and takes a seat in the chair next to the bed. And he basically says, there's the great Sonati. And Dawson says, classic defunctional father-son relationship. Dawson, Pacey says, it's a father who thinks his son's a screw-up, huh? And Dawson says, yeah, pretty much. Pacey says, yeah, well, you can skip a blockbuster moment, Dawson. You're going to get plenty of time, plenty of insight into our, into the fishing road trip this, into our fishing trip this weekend. Dawson says, come on. Okay, granted your father's a little tense, but you tend to exaggerate a bit, which he doesn't exaggerate at all. Once once we really get to know Dawson's, or Pacey's dad, it's nothing like Dawson's dad, and I feel like Dawson has the perfect dad, so therefore he can't really say anything because he doesn't really know the full insight, but I do feel like Pacey doesn't exaggerate because we've seen Pacey's dad a couple of times throughout the show and it was it was very tense and Pace Dawson continues by saying the great Sonati bounces basketballs hit basketballs off his son's head to make a point at least your dad respects you enough not to do that <laughs> okay and Pacey said ah yes respect do you respect your father Dawson and Dawson says, I hate to live in a world where I didn't. And Pacey says, that's not an answer. Do you respect your father? And that's what Dawson says. And Pacey says, well, I mean, John Litter, the most well-known, well-respected man in Cape Side. Fights for his safety, fights for crimes, gawks up bad guys, helps old lady cross the street. How could you possibly not respect a man like that? And Dawson says, that's not an answer either. And Pacey laughs. And Dawson says, good old-fashioned father fishing trip. Why do I sense a disaster? And Pacey says, tell you what. And he gets up and walks towards the dartboard. Why don't we let the darts do the talking, huh? If I had a bullseye with this 
and then he motions towards the dart in his hand. Dart in my hand. You and I are in for the weekend of fun, big fish, and good old father-son bonding. And he throws the dart in Dawson, and then Dawson and Pacey go up to see, and they turn around, and Dawson says, best two out three, and Pacey says, yeah. When I was little, my dad used to do the darts, and I used to laugh so hard because I wanted to do it so badly, but my dad wouldn't let me because the sharp pointy thing, so when I saw that, it just reminded me of my childhood. And secondly, I feel like, I feel like Dawson and his father, I mean, they didn't have a good relationship, but they had a better relationship than Pacey, and I feel like this was one of the scenes where Dawson just doesn't get why Pacey and his dad doesn't have a good relationship. So scene two of Pacey, it cuts to two people on their bike coming down the street, being followed by a parole guard. As they stop to realize it's Pacey and Dawson, and then the parole car quickly turns on the siren to signal them to stop, and John Wetter steps out of the car. And if anyone has watched um, Cold Cases, this was the chief of the show, so um, John Wetter is on that. And I was watching it, and I was like, oh, "Hey, it's Pacey's dad." <laughs> I feel like, again, I watch almost every show, it has one Dawson Creek's member cast. I haven't seen Bessie yet, so, or the person who plays Bessie. And John's, John says, Dawson Leary, Capeside, own scenario wonder kit. And then they shake hands and Dawson smiles and Don says, you aren't going to forget, forgetting us when you're the big winner in La La Land, are you? And Dawson says, I, I wouldn't worry about that, Mr. Wetter. And John says, I'm sure you'll come back and visit Pacey at whatever fast food joint he's flipping burgers at. And I, <laughs> Pacey frowns. But that's so mean. Like, you don't believe in your son that much that he's just going to be flipping burgers for the rest of his life. I mean, he does cook, but he doesn't do it at a fast food restaurant. That's for sure. And Pacey says, the waiters all come from a long line of il illustration professionals requiring uniforms. Right, Pop? And John turns back to Dawson and says, Dawson, I spoke with to your pop. I like how he says pop. I don't really know why it comes with that. Like, he says pop, mom, um, like mom, like meh, man. And then he says washroom, which he says that a couple of times, actually. I'm going to the washroom. And he says, Dawson, I spoke to your pop. I expect you... To both to be on the dock at 6 a 6 6 a I don't know what this now come come prepare both physically and mentally because we're going to go fishing and present of greatness we are going to bring back the tournament trophy Dawson or we're going to end our lives at sea <laughs> that was deep proceed one of the big ones that gotta go I feel like Pacey is a big like fish like ocean person because of, of like the fishing trips but I also feel like that was just his way of like getting out there and like doing his own thing but this was definitely not the episode where he was getting out there and doing his own thing like it was a long episode of Pacey just being tortured the whole time not really torture in the sense like abuse it was just like emotionally he was just struggling and Dawson says well I don't want to I don't want to disappoint you my dad and I are, are not exactly accomplished fishermen, 
and John laughs and says, Dawson, I have no doubt with your brain and commitment to excellency, you'll make a first bridge first mate. See you tomorrow. In the meantime, keep Pacey out of trouble for you, for you, me, will ya? And Dawson says, okay. And John Wetter gets into his car and drives off, and Pacey says something funny that makes me like laugh every single time. He goes, ay-yay, Captain. And Dawson says, your father is a classic, Pacey. And Pacey says, oh yeah, he's a classic, all right. The man thinks my IQ matches my age. You heard that crap about flipping burgers? And Dawson says, obviously, he, Pacey, obviously he was kidding. And Pacey just sighs and turns around and starts biking for school. And Dawson just stares after him. Which, I don't think his father was kidding at all. <laughs> like, he was in a way, but he wasn't. Because he generally, like, you can tell that Pacey just knows that his, how his father thinks about him. And the way that he talks to him is no way that a son and a father should be talking to each other or even a daughter and father or even a relationship at all because that to me personally if my dad said that I would be crying <laughs> I would literally be crying so the next scene that we have is scene one of Jovi and it cuts to the high school where Dawson and Joey are walking in the halls together and Joey says how's your movie coming and Dawson says we're in hell right now we're in scout locations cast affording roles scouting props and wardrobe, realizing that the budget isn't big as I thought it thought it was. And Joey says, sounds like your typical pre-production pre pre chaos. And Dawson says, actually, it's not even chaos. Jen has it under control. She's shooting diamonds and putting out the fire. She's shooting trouble shooting dynamites putting out fires before they even acknowledge. And Joey obviously is irritated by this because she's like, ugh, great, Jen. And Joey says, hmm, well, she's never working on a film of this captivity. How does she know what to do? And Dawson says, I don't know. She's got an intelligent talent for which is causing me to step up my game as director, which is great. And Joey says, she's getting like more irritated by this and says wow that's great too bad she didn't work on your last movie i mean think of how much better it would turn out and dawson says joey i'm not comparing her to you and joey raises her eyebrow like <laughs> okay and dawson says working on that movie with you was one of the best periods of my life i'm just saying it's a prize that's all i like how joey's like i don't want to do anything to do with you but i'm gonna get jealous when the movie starts like <laughs> okay and Jen walks up, and Dawson says, Jen, that's funny, we were just talking about you. And Jen laughs and says, God, I dare to ask. And Dawson says, I was just, sing I was just singing your praise, telling Joey what a credible job you're doing producing. And Jen says, thank you. And Joey says, oh, yeah, I'll leave you two professionals alone to collide. And Jen says, no, Joey, actually, I was looking for you. And Dawson says, great, I gotta go. Anyway, see ya. And Jen says, see ya. Um, Joey, I need your help, okay? See, I promised Gail, which is funny that she calls her Gail instead of Miss Leary. I give her a hand in this news report that she's doing. And Joey says, Gail, Miss Leary. And Joey seems disturbed by this. And Jen says, yeah, um, yeah. She's doing a news report on teen girls as new consumers full of phenomenal 
you know, what they think, what they're like, what they, what makes them tick, blah, blah, blah. And Joey says, oh, so in your spare time, you're helping produce news report, news report for Gail. And Jen says, hardly. I wouldn't say that. She's just helping me watch in action, you know, pick up a few tricks for the trade. Um, anyway, we need new girls to come by Dawson's house tomorrow. We, and Joey says, spill out your guts on news, television. Jen says, no, no, just answer questions on what it's like being a teen. We really need girls who are thoughtful and incredible. And no one speaks their mind eloquently and honestly than you do. I like how she kind of roasts Joey right there. Like, you always speak your mind, so you should do this. But I also, I feel disturbed that she called her Gail instead of Miss Leary. Because throughout the whole show from this point on, like, they always called her Miss Leary. And secondly, I want to say that why is Joey so disturbed by her, like, by Jen being, like, part of the production? when clearly she didn't want nothing to do with Dawson for the past couple of episodes and suddenly they're talking again like that just kind of made me always like oh I know that the last episode they said I miss you and they're like oh we can get back into things but obviously if you have like an ex with your like being exes with your friends there's gonna be some type of jealousy especially with Jen because Joey was very jealous of Jen almost the whole entire time so the next scene that we have is Pacey cutting some rope and Dawson sets his stuff down next to Pacey and Pacey stands up and Pacey says oh good you know and it cuts to a, like Jack running to the dock to, with his stuff and it goes back to Pacey and Pacey says Dawson I completely forgot to tell you something yesterday and you're gonna kill me and Jack drops his stuff down and he picks it up and continues running and Dawson says Who's being melodramatic all of a sudden? And Jack reads, reaches the boat and Jack says, Hey guys, I'm sorry. And Dawson turns around and Jack looks disappointed that, <laughs> that Dawson's there, which, me too, bud. And it's, <laughs> Jack says, sorry I'm late. And Dawson gives him a look, Pacey a look, as Jack climbs on board on the boat. And John says, Pacey, start the, start the line. And Pacey says, yes, sir, which we love a man who says, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and no, sir. And he checks the side of the boat and says, all right, she's clear. And the boat starts to move away from the dock as angry Dawson puts a hand on the dock, holding it as long as he can before he goes out there with Jack, which, haha, that's what you get. So the next scene we see of Pacey is for and Dawson gives Pacey a look as Jack climbs aboard on the boat and so scene three of Joey comes up and it cuts to Andy and Joey walking towards Dawson's house as Jen greets them and Jen says hey guys thanks for coming I'm really glad you could make it and Joey said couldn't resist seeing the hot new production in action and Abby walks out of the house, and Abby says, Oh, wow, I like the camera guy angle, if you know that, what that means. And Andy says, Oh, God, not you. And Abby says, Rude, where's the love? And Gail walks out holding some camera equipment, and Gail says, We're going to start in a minute. This was a great idea, Jen. This is going to be fun, don't you think? And Joey looks at her and nods a little bit like, 
too hard like yeah <laughs> so much fun and they follow her into the house scene four of joey so gail says okay what do you think is the most important issue facing teenagers today and she looks around the room and she says joey holding up the mic to her and joey sits there and says anyone else and no one's speaking and jen says can i she goes jen can i talk to you for a second and jen says sure gail and Kayla says, we have to be comfortable in order to do this, so let's make everyone comfortable. And it goes back to the living room, and Abby says, that camera equipment looks very heavy. It must be built right tough. And the camera goes, nah, it's not that heavy. And Gail and Jen walk back in, and Gail says, okay, listen, everyone listen up. Jen has a great idea. Instead of doing this interview right out the gauge, why don't we spend a little time bonding? You know, make it a ladies' night. And Abby says, says ladies' night? How long are we going to be here? And Andy says, yeah, Abby's got to make frowns on her broom. And Abby says, and Andy's mom's got to make some roaming around town foaming at the mouth. And Gail says, hey, 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 let's just get to know each other better. Connect with one another, okay? And Abby says, oh, God, I'm going to need a drink, which I love how she says that at 16. And Gail says, no, but I have enough junk food in the kitchen to fulfill anyone's cravings. And it's all yours if you, ba if you bear with me, which I love how Gail's just trying to be that motherly person. Like, we can do anything if you guys just corroborate, because <laughs> that just describes Gail in a lot of ways. Scene Four of Pacey goes, cuts to the fishing boat, and John says, Gentlemen, this is no pleasant trip. You are a cardinal cruise. We got a job to do. We need work done like an old, like a well-oiled machine. Somewhere out there, there is a fish, a very big fish, that is going to hitch a ride with the back bus to Cape Side. Mitch, you and Dawson work the port. The, the port roads and Mitch goes aye aye skipper and John says Jackie always said there is they can be handled as as star poles with me and Pacey says that makes me feel that's make me makes me the odd man out and John says yeah and Pacey says you know dad I may not be the charter member of the national brains trumps but I think I know how to handle a fishing rod and John says, Pacey, I need you to do everything else. Ride the beasts, raise the lower, the anchor, back the arnish. Your job is the most important. Who do you think raised the flag in Hagerman? General McCrone. No, it was the grunts. And John just laughs. And Pacey under breath says, this sucks. And John's like, a lot of things suck, son. It's my job to prepare you for an individual beat. So, I feel bad for facing this scene because he has to deal with his father throughout the whole day. And he just has to be the side thing while Dawson gets this big thing. So, obviously, Dawson's the guest, but at the same time, basically what Casey's dad says was go to the grunts because no one else did everything. Like, you get to do it. The next scene that we have is scene four of Joey, and it cuts to Andy eating Cheetos. And Abby says, I'm bored. I think it's time for a fellowship upstairs. Crew is the contents of Dawson's room. Don't even try to pretend that you're not interested. And Joey says, it's, 
It's up to Abby to make to come up with the most oblivious pastime imaginable. And Abby says, fine, I don't mind flying solo. And she heads upstairs and Jen, Joey, and Andy follow. Scene 5 of Joey Doss. So it cuts to Abby opening Dawson's closet store. And Abby says, I think the advantage of uncovering Scanwood's comfortable And then looks in the outfit and says, yep, I think I hit payday. And Jen and Joey close the closet door on her. And Jen leans against it and Joey laughs. And Abby says, guys. And then bangs on the door, hey. And Andy says, hey guys, guess what I found tucked under behind Jaws? Goodwill hunting. And Jen and Joey's eyes go big as they walk towards her and Abby comes out of the closet. So then it cuts to scene six of Joey where it cuts to the four girls sitting on Dawson's bed watching Goodwill hunting. They make a disgusted, surprising laughing and Abby says you are aware that this tape begins Dawson just finished and <laughs> Andy goes finish flight and Jen says shaking her heads with the other boys and Joey says waxing the ball head bishop and Abby says test firing the missile and Andy says okay I got your points guys and they watch the TV and Joey turns her head and Joey says how does she do that? And Andy says, I'm not the limper. And Jen says, where do women come from? And they all scream. And I love this scene because it was just like such a girl moment. And Joey doesn't normally like do that kind of stuff. And then it goes to Jen say, what sort of career is this? And Abby says, hey, getting paid for something you're good at, something they love. Hey, Jen, in a couple years, that could be you. And Jen, Joey starts laughing, which is kind of mean. And Abby starts laughing, too. And Jen says, you know what? That's not very funny. And Joey says, I didn't say anything. And Gail walks in, and she goes, hey, ladies. And Joey jumps up. Andy jumps up and shuts off the TV. And Gail goes, what you doing? And Andy says, um, nothing. Um, we were watching an educational video for, for school. And so um, we're studying human anatomy. And Abby goes, it was a porno we borrowed from Dawson's video collection. And Annie's eyes get very big. Like, very, very big. Like, oh, crap. And uh, and Abby says, Miss Clary, you have the face and the music. Your son is a pervert. What? I'm not going to lie. Unless some people, I do have morals. And Gail says, I think we should leave poor Dawson's room. Don't you? And Abby, Andy, Jen, and Joey follow them, follow her out of the room, and Jen stops Joey. And Jen says, Joey, I played the armchair side chest for so long, trying to analyze you constantly influenced me to your actions and attitudes. And the only theory that I come up with is that you feel threatened by Dawson with my relationship with Dawson. But the theory, it just stands up anymore. I mean, you want an in retrospect, in rivalry, Joey. Hands down, I just want to know why you're treating me like I'm a victim that comes into town and stole your one true love. So, the thing that I think about this is the fact that Jen just kind of calls her out on that was one of the things that Joey needed. But also at the same time, like, it doesn't matter 
what Chen does say, Joey is always going to have that grudge against her for this, for this season. And I feel like the more that they do talk, the more that they become friends. But I also, I feel like Dawson and Joey will always be this one, like, holding connection, like, their history, so therefore they bond together. But also, I feel like Jen and Joey will always have this, like, grudge against each other for a while because of Dawson. Like, anytime them are dating, they're like, oh, dear. Like, it just kind of gets out of hand with Jen and Joey. And it's not that Joey and Jen hate each other. It's just that they don't like each other for Dawson, necessarily. They think that, oh, I'll be better. Therefore, she doesn't need to be with him. Or he deserves better. He deserves me. And that's what they're kind of thinking. And Joey says, you are so delusionless. And Jen says, what? And Joey says, look, you want a relationship to change, Jen? Then stop and cry me on what's mine. I mean, you sent... Sen- Simply continue to recast yourself in my role. I mean, every time I turn around, I'm being replaced in you in some form. And then you're faint, shocked, and surprised when I rescind it for you. So, I feel like Joey was very, very jealous of Jen. Therefore, she acted like a jerk towards Jen. Uh, she just continued to, like, kind of feel this pressure. Because Jen was doing all the things that Joey once did. And Joey's like, why should I have any respect for you? You're taking my place. Like, you took the place that I thought I would be. And Jen's like, what do you mean? And Jen's like, how have I replaced you, Joey? And Joey says, oh, well, first you're Jocelyn's girlfriend. And now you're his producer, his collateral, his best friend. I mean, you adopted his interests and dreams and and now his mother. I mean, what's next? Are you going to get a job at the ice house and take up watercolors? And Jen says, okay, so first I want to say that with the mother thing, like, Jen and, Jen and Gail are close, but not that close as Joey and Jen want, and Joey and Gail once was, because I feel like Gail views Joey as a daughter, and we'll see this later in the episode, but Joey's just like, first you call her Gail, and now he, first you took Dawson, then you took his my placement as his girlfriend and his best friend and now you're going around with his family what else are you going to take from me that's how she felt and jen says i love how you despise me joey instead of recognizing your own rapid insecurities and joey says fine maybe i'm slightly insecure but that doesn't mean i want to own up to your mood on movements see when dawson chose me i think your ego was bruised and deep down you wanted to win you still you still want him back and I feel like this is such a girl thing in a way for television but also I feel like Joey was not wrong and Jen was not wrong in the situation both of them had their own insecurities and they were working on it and one of those insecurities fall along of Dawson so scene seven of Pacey it cuts to back to the boat and Jack says woohoo guys I got one and they rush over to him and John sits there and like raise it with the with the line and John goes where's the new pole and Pacey said on the other side what it doesn't matter what side the pole's on and John said this is what I mean Pacey it's not the same thing with you over and over again the simplest instructions in the world and you find any excuse to not follow them how do I expect to give more responsibilities if you can't underline them to most relevant directions when I speak you listen. 
don't think just do please i'm not asking that much and he walks away and dawson comes up so i feel like this is kind of where pacey gets his insecurities from because john is always like why are you doing this why are you underlining me with this and it's just because pacey thought he was doing the right thing therefore he just kind of does it and he doesn't realize that he's not doing the right thing so therefore it's harder on him because he's like what what am i doing that's not right what what am i doing to not please this guy like is there something i can do am i doing this wrong am i not doing this wrong like please explain to me and so when Andy comes in it's kind of like she just kind of wash away those fears she just comes back and it's like one of those things where you can't really explain it you can't really go on with it but it's more like that thing where it's just like in her in her heart she sees Pacey the opposite of how John sees Pacey and the way that John sees Pacey is just this screwed up kid and it just happened to be his son which sucks in a way but also I think that Pacey was like that unexpected baby you know what I mean because all of his siblings are like there's a gate age gap that's just really big so I feel like he was that surprise baby and John just kind of treats him like that so Dawson goes I finally shaken Jack for two seconds can you explain what the hell you were thinking when you invited him so first well, like, John screams at Pacey that you're not doing this right, and now Dalton is. And Pacey says, I'm sorry, man. Andy's just nagging me aggressively about this, including the guys. He doesn't even, he doesn't know any guys in town. His mother just keeps going on getting worse and worse. I guess I took pity on him. And Dawson says, all right, that's fine. But how could you forget to tell me, all right, Pacey? Come on. I could have done some preparation before facing my adolescence. And Pacey says, you know what? Screw you, Dawson. Not all of us can face this hair oblivious of perfection, alright? Not everyone goes wandering around and genius attracts to their name. Some of us just have simply-minded folks trying to make through the day without anything breaking. So I feel like, and this was kind of like his way of screaming at his dad, but instead he kind of took it out on Dawson, which he had all right to. But it was kind of one of those things where, like, why are you yelling at me through this? But at the same time, Dawson shouldn't have gone out to him and say that thing, after, especially after what John had said to him. But clearly, either Dawson didn't care what John said, or just didn't hear what John said. Scene 9 of Pacey, it cuts to Dawson and Pacey and Jack playing pool. And Dawson says, I hope my dad doesn't have too much fun, otherwise, by tomorrow, he'll be tripped. He'll be drawing up plans to open a, a seedy, dockside jail. And Pacey says, How could you possibly find justified to criticize your man like a fa like your father? And Dawson says, I'm afraid his midlife crisis isn't going to end. He's going to wound up a homeless street, <laughs> street mind. What the hell is your problem? Like, I love how Dawson's like, what the, what the heck is your problem? And Pacey's like, Don't you see what's going on, Dawson? And Dawson just stares at him. And Pacey says, come on, no one is that oblivious, not even you. And Dawson says, all right then, why don't you tell me whatever it is that your ass caused you to rip the field. If you're mad at your dad, tell him. If you're mad at me, just let me have it. And Pace, 
Pacey says, it's just simple for you, isn't is it, Dawson? You can go up to your dad and say, geez whiz, Pops, I have a problem. Let's talk about it. Heart to heart, man to man. That's wonderful about your life, not mine. You got the glimpse and hope into hell that that's my life. And Dawson says, so why is this not my presence suddenly a demerits to your happiness? I like how Dawson isn't even seeing what Pacey's trying to say. I feel like Pacey is jealous of Mitch because he doesn't like get it and he doesn't understand what's going on. Like, I feel like Dawson is just so oblivious to how Pacey's dad treats Pacey. And he's oblivious to a lot of things with Pacey, but I think that's one of the main things that just irked him. And so when he said earlier, Dawson was like, how could you not tell me about Dip Jack coming? Like, I need time to process this. Pacey was like, great. Another thing I'm doing wrong in this trip, is there anything else I'm not doing right? And so later when Dawson's complaining about his dad, like, I hope that he's not having too much fun or else, like, he's going to be doing something else tomorrow and make a whole plan. Uh, Pacey was like, why, why do you complain about this? Like, you can talk heart to heart to your dad and I can't. So it was like a sense of jealousy. And instead of reacting like, is this a me problem or is this a you problem? It was more like kind of a snappy way of asking him. And, you know, he he should have said something a little bit more nicer, but I feel like I would have reacted the same way because I have done that before. But he should have been like, hey, man, I know, like, this trip is hard for you, but please don't take it out on me. Is there anything, like, I'm sorry about what I said earlier. Like, can I, can I help in any way? But I feel like that's a Pacey thing to say, not a Dawson thing to say. Because Pacey, like, kind of says whatever he wants. And I feel like that's how... Joey is too because earlier Jen said like I think you would be a good person to do this interview because you say whatever you think and I feel like that kind of went with Joey too because Pacey says whatever he thinks and Joey says whatever she thinks so therefore like them two kind of connected on that level and they were both called out on this episode with that and Jack walks up and Jack says so that's Mr. Witter has to put up on a long such a long pedestal pedestal at that figure what a mind present Dawson come on it's an iconic Pacey couldn't couldn't live possibly live up to and Jack walks up and Pacey says it's your shot and scene nine of Pacey so it cuts to the bar and John said good game Pete where everyone go and Pacey said they went back to the boat and, and John says Pacey come on man you and me good old father good old son one-on-one and Pacey says, hear John's dad. And John pours down another drink. And John says, look, Pacey, I know you think I'm being hard on you, but that's my job to protect you. Come on, show me what you got. Let's go. Let's go and see what you can do. This youth against the master. You ready? And Pacey says, the master, huh? And John laughs. And John said, watch this. You ready? And the dart throws. And he says, there. You warm up a little bit. Go ahead. And Pacey says, warm me up. And John says, watch this, guys. And Pacey says, strike out the arm, you know. And John says, hey, come on. And Pacey smiles and throws a dark. And Pacey says, I'm sorry. And John says, don't try or nothing here. Watch how it's done. And he throws a dart and says, beat that. And John laughs. And Pacey beats the dart. And John says, it's, sim 
it's done very simple and he throws the dart says yes beat that and hits him on the shoulder beat that so Pacey beats his dart his dad's dart and then his dad says beat that but I feel bad for Pacey because no matter what he did his dad would never really show him the expectation that he needed to do so no matter how he his dad took it no matter how his dad went upon it he was never going to be good enough for his dad. He was never going to have the things that his dad like could be, but he couldn't. So when, first of all, his dad's drunk and he is at a bar with his 16-year-old son. He's playing darts and he's screaming at his son to beat that. And he's kind of He's embarrassing Pacey because Pacey turns and looks at his dad's serious face and turns to the blackboard and purposely blows it. And that, he just, he couldn't, he couldn't like continue to beat his dad because he knew no matter what he did, it was going to turn into a fight. And Pacey was embarrassed by it, but he knew no matter what he did, his dad was never going to view him as good enough. Even if he bought beat his dad every single time his dad would never view him as a good enough son and Pacey grabs the darts off the board and the first dart he he throws hits a bullseye so we know that Pacey could be good enough but his dad just keeps like pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and pushing it so scene 10 of Pacey cuts to Pacey walking with his dad who's drunk down the beach and they fall and John said we're on the ground and he closes his eyes and falls asleep or pass out or whatever and Pacey says so I guess this is a good time as any to have that father-son talk and a hump boyfriend and said so how are you doing in school Pacey and then back to normal says actually dad I'm doing all right I'm turning things around turns out I'm pretty smart and then Good man, Pacey. Always knew that you'd turn out to be something. How's the ladies treating you? And the back to normal says, Well, I met this one. I love how he's like, he knows that he'll never be able to say this to his dad. So therefore, he says it while he's drunk on the floor at the beach, passed out. And he says in a gruff voice, is she cute? And then back to normal, he laughs and says, Oh man, she's cute and he's beautiful. She's smart. She's funny. I can tell, I can tell you, this girl is something special. For whatever reason, she thinks I'm special too. Why can't you see that? Why can't you see that, huh? When, when did you give up on me? When I was five, 10, 12? I'm 16, dad. And he starts crying. And I can't, I can't see you, huh? When did you give up on, well, sorry. And I'm here, I'm trying to prove, I'm not trying to prove that I'm trying so hard for you. It's your job. And then this, this whole line just really breaks me. He says, it's your job to love me no matter who I am or what I'm become because you're my father. You're my dad. You're supposed to love me, you son of a... <laughs> I can't do this by myself. So this is what I've been trying to say the whole entire like season. Pacey, no matter what, was never never felt like he was going to be good enough for his dad no matter how hard he tried he never felt like he was going to be great enough or good enough or like bad like 
amazing for his dad and he even said like i'm trying to prove so hard for you like annie thinks i'm smart annie thinks i'm amazing and she's funny and she's amazing and you she thinks i'm pretty special she thinks i'm special and you don't and you're my father why don't you think i'm special and he he's looking at his dad on the floor and on the beach sand and he's crying to his dad like why can't you view me as someone who is amazing and for anyone who does experience this as as a teenager it's hard because no matter what you do you never feel like you're good enough for your parent and you never feel like you can do it right and you never feel like this is the way it should be so I did an Instagram post on this on April 14th, 2021, and I said, let's talk about season one, episode 12 of this scene with the lovely Pacey Water. I can't say how much this breaks my heart, and I know people can't re can relate to this in this scene. I have a great dad, however, my mom is like Pacey's dad, except she isn't there. You get used to it after a while. They say that they want to be there, and when they end up like Pacey's dad in this scene, drunk and will never know but how you feel or just don't care. I think this scene is powerful because no matter how you try to tell an alcoholic or a parent who wants to, you to do better, you are always going to feel like this way. Even in season 6 when Pacey, when we get to see Pacey, how he reacts to his father in the hospital, I think the older you get the more you start to grow up and see your parents as people instead of the person who, who should take care of you. Pacey says it's your job to love me. I think it's hard about seeing your parents as human instead of the people who are supposed to love. Sometimes we are lucky and they're good parents and the good parents in the picture are a step-parent. I got really lucky with my dad in this fair. Especially now I get older and I talk to my dad moving and my mom is across the U.S. from me. I know that one day I will have to take, a, take care of a kid to love and I want to be a teacher to show kids that no matter what you are worthy and good enough. I think parents sometimes go to their kids just like Pacey's dad and even mom did. Another thing I don't understand is when will my mom see me for me and not someone like baby. Like, my problem isn't that she doesn't see me, but in another way she doesn't. I hate yet but love this side of Pacey and it shows a lot in season 2 and as he gets older we see it side there too. Like when he threw Joey, when Joey threw a surprise party and we could see him embarrassed by it. It's sad that so many people know that feeling, and, I, and if you know what Pacey or I feel, I'm sorry. No matter what your age are, the pain never goes away, and I've been there in things to understand what is going on. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. So, I was saying, like, no matter how you feel in the scene, it hurts to see Pacey like this, because he genuinely thought he wasn't good enough. And he was good enough. People were telling him he was good enough. And I think this goes back to Christy Livingstone. The reason why she was a metaphor was because his dad never saw him as someone he, he could get. And I think his dad would never think that Pacey Wooder would get Christy Livingstone. And I think that self-esteem came from his dad and his mom. Like... You're going to be flipping burgers your whole life. You're going to be doing this your whole life. And he's like, my parents don't even think I'm good enough. 
How do I expect my friends to think I'm good enough? How do I expect my new lover to think I'm good enough? How do I expect people that don't know me? My teachers don't think I'm good enough. Why should I try? And I feel like that's how Pacey feels. And so therefore, when he's on the stand with his dad, it's hard for him to understand why. Why did his dad see him like this? Next scene that we have is scene seven of Joey, and it cuts to Jen, Joey, and Gail, Andy, and the cameraman in a dimly lit living room. And Jen says, I think Abby was right about the fact that, I mean, the reason why teen, teenager girls are consumed is the fact that I mean from insecurities. And there's a time lapse. And Andy says, I, um, this need to look perfect. My life is in chaos, and I feel like I get straight A's or involved in every activity, then, you know, people wouldn't notice that I'm this broad and I I have no idea what I'm doing or where I'm going. And then it time lapses back to Jen that says, I mean, when I first came here from New York, I felt relief trying to compete in this hyper addicts world. I mean, I was the first line of, of self in him. And when I got here, I figured that maybe I didn't have anything to prove and that I could finally slow down. But the experience just came to haunt me. I mean, in New York, I was the precious and drive in Cape Side. I was known as the New York wild child, town Scott bad girl. And there was another time lapse where Joey says, so when someone comes along who says things that I never seen or done, that only dreamed about my defense because I can't compete with that, I don't know, I think, I think I'm just Joey Potter, you know? You know, the small girl who lives and dies on the creek, you know, that as much as I disappoint that identity, you know, I, it's all I got. And I don't know, so I feel like, you know, some somebody is going to steal that mostly bit part of that I have. Or someone in a small, small amount of love that managed to incline them and I feel threatened and I gotta go jack on at that. So I feel like what Joey was trying to admit was she was jealous of Jen because no matter what she did, Jen was always going to steal Dawson and someone was always going to steal her life and Joey just wasn't ready to lit that up. So the next thing we see is scene 8 of Joey and it cuts to Gail and Joey in the Galera's kitchen the next morning and Gail says, Joey, I just wanted to thank you for everything. I just... I can't tell you how much it means to me. And Joey says, no problem. I'm going to go home now. And Gail says, um, honey, I have a confession. As I was listening to you girls talk about your fears and your dreams, I started to feel a bit sorry for myself. And Joey says, why? And Gail says, I don't know. I think, you know, because I always wanted a daughter. I mean, I love Dawson more than my wife, but men are men and women are women. And Joey says, right, the division. And Gail says, but then I realize I have you. You're my sur surrogate daughter, Joey. I have always felt that way. And honey, I'm so proud of the woman you come. And come here. And they hug and Joey says thanks. So I feel like in this scene, Joey really needed someone to say that to her. Because she was feeling jealous about how Jen was with Gail. And Gail suddenly like comes up to her and she's like, I am so proud of you for being the woman that you are. Because you are amazing. You continue to amaze me, and no matter what you do, you are amazing. And I feel like Joey really needed to hear that because she was jealous of Jen, and she 
didn't know where her place was. And finally, Dawson's mom says, you're my surrogate daughter. Like, you mean so much to me and you are loved. And I feel like that meant a lot because of her parents, especially. Like, her parents weren't the best. I mean, her mom was the best, but her mom passed away and her dad was the best. So therefore, she needed that woman role model. And I feel like that's what Joey really lacks, even though there's Bessie. I've talked about this before. Bessie is great, but sometimes Joey needed that motherly thing, and she kind of felt like she missed it. Throughout the whole show, that's what I got the impression of. You just miss that motherly side, and I think that's one of the reasons why I connect with Joey so much is because I don't have my mom in my life. I have my stepmom, but it's not really the same, and I think when you say that out loud, it's very different, but having a couple of women role models are very good, and I feel like that's what Joey really needed. So, the scene 9 of Joey cuts to Joey walking into Dawson's room where Jen is, and Jen says, hey, and Joey says, hey, um, listen, and, jo and Jen says, you know, Joey, and Joey says, no, let me talk, I've been thinking, and Jen says, I've been thinking too. And Joey says, no, I've been thinking more, okay? And Jen starts laughing and Joey signs and they sit on Dawson's bed. I like how they're just in Dawson's room without really having Dawson there. And Dawson's just always okay with that because he's just, that's just how Dawson is probably. He would probably be okay with it. Maybe not smoking, like sneaking around and snooping to see his porn movie, but he would definitely, he would be probably okay with it. And... Joey says, I've been thinking that this kind of sex and uh, people who, res who respect the most, who come, I become competition with. I wish there was some way to, uh, and Jen says, you know, for all your thinking, you're not very good at article. And Joey smiles and says, I'm trying to apologize here. And Jen says, I know, I know, I'm kidding. And Joey says, I'm sorry. I mean, I totally understand what you're trying to say. And I think you're right. That we've been locked at this late for so long and I think there's room for Dawson in my life without replacing you and Joey says I guess Jen said that <laughs> and Joey says now listen Jen we sit here and rehash all our problems and direct in this contract of all pretty revivals but I guess what I'm trying to say is I respect you I respect who you are, and Jen says, thanks, Joey, and Joey's sister, and she says, you too. So I really feel like in this episode, Joey really, like, gained so much on, like, self-confidence. We didn't, we didn't really see, like, big scenes of Joey and Dawson in this one, or Pacey and Joey, but I feel like we saw another side of Joey that we really need to see. I feel like this was an episode where she gains a little bit more confidence in women, and we know how much Joey lacks in that. And I have said that a couple of times that Joey, like, needs to gain a friendship that is a woman. And, like, season one, episode seven, where Joey lacks Jen, where they have to talk about their friendship and what it was like. And Joey was just being a jerk to Jen because of Dawson. And I said this earlier, Jen and Joey lack friendship because of Dawson. Dawson is like in the middle and it's like a love triangle and no matter what they did or how they get there, 
Joey and Jen are always just gonna struggle for a while. And I feel like it's because of women, because Joey only has these guy friends, and she only had one guy friend, but Joey didn't have like a whole group of friends. She just, she just, she's kind of an introvert. She doesn't really know what she's doing half the time. And it makes her nervous to be around girls because nine out of 10, she just doesn't know how to react to with them because her mom passed away at 13. So she doesn't want to get into like these serious conversations about bullies. And, but you can tell that she enjoys around being around Chen. She enjoys around being around Andy at those times and she enjoys being around Gail or Bessie and she needs those like women in her life to gain those respect but it's very hard and I feel like later we're going to talk about this in season six and five I feel like that's why Audrey was a good person for Joey and a lot of people have different mixed opinions on that but I feel like Audrey was kind of that way to spark it and that's why we're going to talk about individuals but later on if Audrey wasn't with Pacey, I do feel like Audrey would be a good friend, but there's always good timing for good friendships, and maybe Jen and Joey just weren't good timing for season one and season two, but they were good timing for season three and season four and season five and season six. You know, like, there's different timings where they got closer, and at the very, very end of the show, we know, like, that is how it comes with. And we know what happens at the end of the show and how close Jen and Joey really are. And it kind of shows throughout that. So the next scene that we have is scene 11 of Pacey. And it cuts to the boat where in the morning where Jack is asleep in the chair and Sophie pulls on his line and Dawson says, Whoa, hey! And Joan goes, That's it. And phew! And Joe, Pacey says, One, two, three. And Jack and Pacey both lift the raw holder and John says, Don't panic. Keep your back straight on the chair. And Pacey says, wait a minute, slow down, pull it up into the tip, ready, go. And then they both do. And Pacey says, real, real, real. And the boat's like, real, 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 real. Hey, nice fish you got there, Jack. Reel it, reel it, reel it, reel it. Jack says, you can do it. Come on. And Jack says, here. And then John says, get in there, Pacey. And Pacey sits there and reels him in. And John says, all right, all right, get some line. We got one. Size of Texas, keep them going. I love how he says Texas. Keep them coming. Yes, come on, come on. And then they take a picture of Pacey with a huge fish, which I love that picture of Pacey. And I feel like this was a proud moment for Pacey because for a quick moment, his dad was very, very happy of Pacey. But then it cuts to scene 12 of Pacey where it cuts to his dad accepting the fish trophy and then Dawson standing by Jack and Jack sticks his hand Dawson sticks his hand towards him and Dawson says see you and they shake hands and then it cuts to Pacey and his father and Pacey says I will never in my life for as long as I live forget this feeling of adrenaline that's where I got the strong tug on the line and I knew that fish had to be surreal in the greater factor and John hands him the trophy and says, here, Pacey, take this. And Pacey says, thanks. And John says, be proud of yourself, Pacey. Enjoy this moment. You probably won't have many more like this. And for a quick second, it was okay. Because John walked away and Pacey sighs. And he sits down and Dawson walks over. And Pacey says, do you have any idea how much I set myself up for that one? 
I mean, over and over again, I can't seem to stop myself from trying to get unqualified. Good job, son. From that son of a... that bastard, I mean, really sentient. And Dawson says, I know I sound the same, but there are people in your life who recognize and respect you, your talent and intelligence. One of those people is standing in front of you, and the other is probably sitting in her bedroom right now, having a peak kind of an appreciation of your return home from the sea. And Dawson basically says, yeah, yeah, thanks, Dawson. And I feel like that was probably the best line that Dawson have said the whole entire episode. Like, he finally kind of got it. Like, oh, here's a reminder. I'm right here, and the girl is sitting home. Well, actually, she was sitting at Dawson's house, but now she's sitting at home understanding and just waiting for your arrival at sea because she loves you and she cares about you and she wants you back. And there's so much things that Pacey learned in this episode, and we learned from Pacey. We learned about Pacey's dad. We learned about how he feels. It's the same thing about how I was talking about with Joey. Like, I feel like Pacey never struggled with guy relationships, but he struggled with, like, love romantic relationships because he never felt good enough he never felt good enough because he was never told that he was good enough therefore there was a lot of things that he struggled with mentally and I feel like it was kind of like a little bit of anxiety and depression sometimes but there were like things that it was just hard for him and he just he never got over his self-esteem sometimes at the very end of the show, he still struggles with this. And I feel like it's just a Pacey thing. And he continues to amaze us with it. But he really does try. And he really, really does care about what people think. And I think that's where John comes in. Because Pacey cares about so much about what people think. It's because he cares so much about what his dad thinks. Therefore, it just kept passing on this episode please make sure to give it a big thumbs up make sure to subscribe to the youtube channel where i will be posting every friday saturday and sunday and i hope that you enjoyed this episode make sure to follow my instagram twitter and potter and my tiktok pacey and joey and i'll catch you next time bye guys